Welcome to the second season of the Gutsy Health Podcast with Shanique Roney and Gina Warfel, where we share uncomplicated, practical, and affordable wellness education so you can be a self-healing champion. This episode is brought to you by the Gutsy Health Membership Program, a program that gives you inexpensive tools and resources to heal your mind, body, and soul. Visit our website at mygutsyhealth.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. I have a phenomenal guest for you guys today. She has a phenomenal story. And I, Sharon, you know how glad I am you work here, right? <laughs> you know how much I adore you. Oh, well, I don't know. Blush, blush, please <laughs> ask another question. I, <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I love Sharon. She's such an amazing nurse practitioner, and I learned so much from her. She's one of the good ones. I want to say because she has an amazing story. I feel like you have this passion for helping people find answers and not just medications. And it's amazing because it's hard to find people in the medical world that are tired, sick and well, it's actually not hard. I think everyone's sick and tired of just prescribing medications, but they're seeking more. You're like, there's got to be more. Yeah. Right? right. And so that's why you've been such a beautiful fit here because I needed a nurse practitioner that could get behind the vision of what we do here. And someone who was so disenfranchised with just popping medications and being like, can we just help you find answers to healing? Yes. Right. Yes, absolutely. So welcome to the podcast. We're talking hormones today, but before we do, Sharon, can you tell people about you and who you are and how you got into nursing and why you became a nurse practitioner? And, and then we can move on to hormones. Well, I became interested in healthcare in high school. So that's where it originally started. And then I joined the military. I was in the Navy so that I could get experience in hospital care and mm-hmm. medical care mm-hmm. and to see if it was something that I really could do or that I would like. So mm-hmm. that was my beginning. And then I went, after I got out of the military, I took the long road to where I am today. Mm-hmm. I started out as a medical assistant, and then I went to nursing school, got an ADNRN, a BSNRN, and then I went back after my kids were grown to mm-hmm. graduate school for the MSN, and I got my nurse practitioner. Uh, so how many years were you a nurse? I was inpatient medical surgical oncology nurse for about 17 years or more. Wow. And then I did home health for a while. I did Mm -hmm. specialize in wound care management. Mm -hmm. And then I did various other things while my kids were still in school. I was a school nurse for a while. And when my kids were pretty much grown, I needed to set a new goal and a new target. So I did. I went to nurse practitioner, family nurse practitioner, program at Gonzaga University. You know what I love about you? And just from what you said, you had to set a new goal. You're always learning. When you're here, you're learning about new things. You know, I will literally mention peptides and you're like, let's deep dive it. You know, you're deep diving low dose naltrexone right now. I remember when we first started talking hormones and I said, what do you think about the Dutch test? And you're like, I don't know. I've never heard of it. And I was like, can you do some research? You dove in, you spoke with the local pharmacist here. You got his opinion. You started watching videos online. You started watching videos by uh, Dr. Carrie. She's the like head Dutch trainer. Yes, yes. Dr. Carrie. I can't remember her name. But I can't either. And I'll, I'll remember it after we record. You just dive into things like you don't go halfway. You were like in the deep end head first when it comes to information. And I just love that about you learning and it shows we all know that 
if you're not busy with clients, you've got your head in books, you've got your head in trainings and you're excited about it. Right. right. And so I love that about you. And I'm so grateful to have your brilliant mind and your passion in this office. It was the missing piece. Well, I'm happy to be here. I'm Thank excited you. because of all the years that I was practicing, especially in the hospital, I saw the other side of things where people were already sometimes end of disease processes. Yeah. And they were already deep into illness. Yeah. And so I recognized what we were doing was just trying to stop or stabilize a process. But I've always had a curiosity of what can we do before this, mm-hmm. before Bring before close. people get to that point. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. So this was exciting to come here and try to learn more about what can be done prior to mm-hmm. people getting diagnosed. Yeah. So can I ask a selfish question? Yes. How have you liked working at Provo Health so far? I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. And really been excited. I'm usually a very cautious person. I don't. This is true. Excited very easily. (laughs) So I I do pace myself with my enthusiasm, but Mm -hmm. I'm secretly inside. I'm real excited at the potential Mm -hmm. of being here and what can be done for people or how I can help people before they get really sick. You probably don't know this, but one of the greatest gifts you gave me last year. You gave me a little handmade hand sanitizer. What you said was Provo Health is a magical place. And like, and I have goosebumps saying that because yeah. like you, you see the vision, yes. right? You see what we're trying to create here. And that means so much to me. I don't yes. think you know that. I don't think you realized what power that had. Mm. I went home and I told Ryan and I, I was teary. I want to create magic here what we're trying to do is help people, Mm -hmm. but it takes magical people to create magical things. Mm -hmm. It takes brilliant people to help conjure up brilliance in people and Mm -hmm. to conjure up their own innate, brilliant healing. Right. And so you're a part of that. So thank you for being here. Thank you for bringing me on board. Absolutely. You're such a treasure. And so anyways, when Sharon first came in and I like to ask everyone, what are you excited about? And she said, I'm really into hormones right now. And I was like, Excellent, because I'm not. (laughs) I need the yin to the yang, right? I'm really good at everything upstream. Mm -hmm. When it comes to hormones, hormones can be very confusing and very complex. Mm -hmm. And so I want to talk about hormones today. And I want us to talk about, one, what is your draw to hormones? What is it that you love about hormones? And what brought you to loving hormones and wanting to dive into them? Well, well, actually, when I first came to Utah from Washington, first job that I interviewed, they had a, a seminar already in process that I could join in. Mm-hmm. And it was about hormones. Yeah. I hadn't really contemplated it a lot, a lot prior to that because my traditional training was to avoid hormones, especially in women, because of potential cancer-causing mm. effects, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of my mindset at the time. Interesting. But I have turned almost opposite all the way around yes uh-huh. because of what i've learned just recently even in that seminar uh, so quick, with, why would they deter you away from hormones you mean like using hormone therapies were they saying hormone therapies are dangerous yes because i think it was in the 1970s there was a a study that was done i can't the na- remember the name of the study but it came out with the result that women taking hormones were at increased risk of female cancers like mm. breast cancer and mm-hmm. such and so they started taking, providers stopped prescribing it mm-hmm. because they thought it was a risk. And then since that time, that study's been reviewed, calculated the results of it. And then with the onset of 
bioidentical hormones Mm -hmm. has changed the picture completely because what they were using was synthetic hormones, synthetic progesterone and conjugated equine estrogens, Mm -hmm. which are similar to human estrogen, but not different, but not identical. What would be a good analogy of like how synthetic works in the body versus bioidentical? Well, the synthetic synthetic ones actually are at increased risk of of cancers. Yes, inflammation, okay. increased mm-hmm. inflammation, and which is pathway to cancer. Okay, and so so it just doesn't work the same in the body. No, it you doesn't. can put it in, and it's just metabolized and biosynthesized very differently. Very differently, but also it can help alleviate some of the symptoms, but it can also cause other uncomfortable symptoms as well. Gotcha, and then. So as a result of that study, they stopped doing the hormones, which may not have been a bad thing because what they were using were the synthetics and Mm -hmm. the equine estrogens. And so over the last few years, I don't even know when this started with the bioidentical stuff, but recently there's, especially in this area, there's a lot of talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's become very... I remember reading a book on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy back in 2010, it's been around for at least over a decade, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it caught popularity. And then I think a research paper came out saying even bioidentical is dangerous, stray away from it, right? Oh. Or like there was bad media around it. And I think people, especially in the, the alternative world, started to walk away from it. And they're like, nope, even bioidentical, like we should be able to, to get our bodies to do the work, right? Yes. And so I would like to talk about bioidentical and... Basically, first, let's talk about hormones. Like, how would someone know they have hormone issues, hormone imbalances? Well, for women who are cycling, Mm -hmm. if they're having changes in their menstrual cycle, Mm -hmm. it's irregular or that's heavy flow or absence of um, menstrual cycle Mm -hmm. when they should be cycling. And for menopausal, premenopausal and perimenopausal, it's easier because you have symptoms that Mm -hmm. you can can go by you know the hot flashes right not sleeping well right I mean there's just a lot of a whole host of symptoms for perimenopausal and menopausal mm-hmm. but the reason I, I'm not sure I haven't I'm not familiar with the information that you shared about the bioidenticals and that they were still rejected mm-hmm. by some providers but I'm wondering I was assuming that it was because they didn't want to let go of that original decision that it was made nationwide that we won't prescribe hormones right unless you know it's absolutely not as frequently anyway. Right. Which may not have been a good thing, as I say, because of the synthetic mm-hmm. component to it. But there's tons of evidence I about supporting bioidentical hormones. And there's a Dr. Pamela Smith, who is an expert on bioidentical hormones. Mm-hmm. And she has a couple books that she's written. Mm-hmm. It's What You Must Know About Women's Hormones, if anyone's interested in getting the book to read. Uh, Pamela Smith. For some light reading, yeah. right? Like I'm, well, I'm looking is, at your book right now. Oh, yeah, this is this is rad. Just one of her seminars. Uh-huh. The whole the book itself is bigger than this one, but mm-hmm. she's also in the process of doing male hormones. What you cool. must know about male hormones. Mm-hmm. So I'm, which is huge because men just pound testosterone these days, right? Yes. They hit the gym and or, they want more and yes. more and more testosterone. Right. Well, everybody thinks that's the only male hormone, but it's not true. Mm-hmm. I mean, men have estradiol as well as progesterone right. and women as women have testosterone as well as the female hormones. Right. So it's important to balance them. And people have come out of balance a lot because of lifestyle mm-hmm. behaviors, which are sedentary life, 
chemical exposures, mm-hmm. nutritional deficits, mm-hmm. and stress is huge. Yeah. And a lot of people are very stressed, working long hours, and all of those things cause disruption in hormone right. pathways. Would you say acne is a part of hormonal imbalance, weight gain yes. or weight imbalances? That's a product of hormonal imbalances. Yes. From what I've been trained on, if you put weight in your on in your midsection, that's blood sugar hormonal imbalances, right? Because insulin dysregulation, blood sugar dysregulation, when you put weight on around your hips, that's actually hormonal imbalances. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like a, a really silly, not silly, but like a very simplistic, simplistic way of realizing, yeah. oh, this is, I have hormonal imbalance in my body because yeah. everything is around my hips. Yeah. Right. And so right. other things, mood swings, breast tenderness. Yes. We like all these things that we've kind of normalized, you mm-hmm. know, like, oh, PMS, yeah. like, yeah, everyone suffers from PMS and like, you shouldn't actually have PMS. You shouldn't have yeah. breast tenderness. Mm-hmm. Everything that we've normalized, that's a product of modern day hormonal imbalances. What is true balance is no symptoms. Or minimal. Or minimal, exactly. Mild cramping. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because there are some things in pregnancy, if your hormone levels are too low, or one indicator can be that you don't have any symptoms of pregnancy, Mm -hmm. which would say that your hormones are probably too low. Wow. And you may not sustain that pregnancy. Wow, I didn't know that. So So you want to feel a little nauseous, but not too nauseous. Exactly. Because you hear those women, they're like, I discovered I was pregnant when I was 16 weeks. I'm like, what? Yeah. You just skipped a trimester. How did yeah. you not know? Yeah. You know, that's interesting. I think that can happen. But anyway, that's just a very, again, a simplistic explanation. Of mm-hmm. You can know if it's going to be, you may have enough hormones to support that pregnancy if you have some kind of symptoms. Mm-hmm. And that's not true for everyone. Yeah. You know? And that's the other thing about all of healthcare is that every person is different. You can give 10 people the same treatment. You can get 10 different responses. Right. Some people are going to benefit. Some people aren't. Right. And that's what researching with the peptides here recently is, you know, how you can individualize your treatment plan to each person. Mm -hmm. And the the idea is that if diet and exercise work, for some people, but not others, mm-hmm. do you just throw that out the window? You know, you don't just throw yeah. the baby out with the bathwater right. and say, well, it doesn't work uniformly across mm-hmm. all humans. So it's not a good answer. That's not, anyway, that's not the case. Right. So you find the pathway or treatment plan that works for each person. Right. Some people may require hormone support and mm-hmm. some don't. Mm-hmm. Some can correct it with diet, exercise, and maybe some herbs. Mm-hmm. All the typical ones like ashwagandha, rhodiola, Mm-hmm. basil. There's a bunch of them that can help with hormone regulation. Even DIM, right? DIM yes. like helps the body metabolize estrogen. Yes. And we tend to have estrogen dominance in our society, correct? S- sometimes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you comfortable kind of going through the hormones with us? Estrogen, it does this in the body and this mm-hmm. is when we see imbalance or this is what kind of creates imbalance. Can you do do like a Generally, quick 101? Well, like estrogen is reported to have over 400 beneficial effects mm-hmm. on the body. Progesterone, 300 or more mm-hmm. beneficial effects on yeah. your body. And I'm specifically thinking of women at this point because I haven't gotten very deeply yeah. into male hormones as yet. But yeah, we'll, we'll just talk females today. Right. Okay, we'll t- good. Keep it simple. Well, <laughs> but if you get too much, so when you're talking about replacement, you have to be really careful, mm-hmm. follow up. Don't just get a prescription and think you're good for a year. You have to follow up. Maybe three months, have a repeat of your labs and see where your hormone levels are because Mm -hmm. too much Mm -hmm. of the hormones is detrimental. Right. And you will have some negative side effects, you Mm -hmm. know, irritability, 
bloating. There's a whole bunch. Right. Uh, it's just there's lists of things that mm-hmm. can be. So we have estrogen and there's like three different types of estrogen. We have progesterone and then there's testosterone. And so what I understand, maybe you can talk more to estrogen, but what I understand about progesterone, it's very anti-inflammatory. It's kind of like the mother hormone. It goes in, it helps decrease inflammation. It helps to relax the brain and the nervous mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. It helps proper functioning. Mm-hmm. It's funny, you guys, because I've been chasing Sharon around the office. Will you prescribe me some progesterone? And you're like, let's see some labs first. Okay, we've seen the labs. Can you prescribe me some progesterone? She's like, let's do a Dutch test first. I'm like, okay. And then I finished my Dutch test and I came in on Tuesday. I'm like, Sharon, I finished. Can I now get progesterone? She's like, yes. Because <laughs> like progesterone is just one of those hormones. One, we produce less of it as we age mm-hmm. and with stress and with inflammation in the body. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those hormones that you don't want to de decrease, right? It has so much benefit. And every time you see lab, too little progesterone, too yeah. little progesterone, too little progesterone. You're seeing that because guys, just so you know, when we do BCAs in the office, blood chem analyses and our coaches go over them, our nurse practitioners are reviewing them first. They're reviewing them for red flags and they're reviewing to see if there's anything that our coaches need to understand going in. Right. And so when you are reviewing, this person has too little progesterone, yeah. talk to them about it. Yeah. Right. I've become a real cheerleader for progesterone. And why is that? Well, because from personal experience, Mm -hmm. will you share that story? Yeah. I'm menopausal, of course. Mm -hmm. So I was in in some of the menopausal emotional disturbances, anxiety, depression, stuff like that. And I was struggling quite a bit. And when I started getting into the hormone research and such, I decided to try it for myself. I got um, a topical hormone compound, Mm -hmm. which I started using it had a little progesterone in it, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. And talking to the pharmacist, he said, uh, topical's good, it will help you some, but it's not as well absorbed into the bloodstream through the skin as is estrogen. Mm-hmm. So he said he recommended taking an oral supplement. So I did. I started taking it. And within, I would say, two weeks, I felt a little bit different. And then by four weeks, six weeks, I, I was incredibly impressed mm-hmm. at the decrease in anxiety that Amazing. I had. I was also s- having trouble sleeping, or, you know, prior to taking it and only sleeping like three or four hours at a time and waking up at three or four in the morning. And once I started the progesterone, I'm getting six or seven hours before I wake up. And I've been surprised Amazing. that it's already six or 7 a.m. When I look at my mm-hmm. clock, I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. I slept for six hours. What is progesterone doing? Like, it's, what is it doing to our brains? It's anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. And that's basically, I mean... It does a lot of things. It would be very (laughs) difficult to um, just pull it off the top of my head, everything that it does. But it's cardio protective. Mm -hmm. It's memory protective. It helps with your brain. It helps. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it's breast protective. Mm -hmm. So it can help protect from breast cancer. I love that. Because it's Mm anti-inflammatory. So some symptoms of low progesterone would be... Like we were talking, anxiety, depression, irritability, mood swings, trouble sleeping painful joints mm-hmm. uh, because of the inflammation and stuff. Osteoporosis mm-hmm. can start losing bone, gut disturbances. So this is something that we could, again, if we're just aging and we're producing less of it, this is kind of like an easy fix. And people are probably wondering, Janique, you're all about the natural health stuff, right? I am. But if we are unnecessarily suffering, you know what I mean? To me, we live in a day and age where some, if there's no side effects to supplementing with progesterone, a bio identical, it's going to help me age better, 
feel better, Mm -hmm. decrease my anxiety, because let's be honest, I have so much anxiety. Poor Sharon, she has seen me come in. Sharon, can we please talk? There's something going on in my body and I need you to help me. She has seen my PTSD and anxiety. And she's like, you probably need some progesterone and some low dose naltrexone. But if we can take something that has no side effects. There's no side effects to taking bioidentical unless you are dosing wrong. You're right. Correct. If you're getting too much. Right. Or particularly sensitive. Like I'm saying, every mm-hmm. person is different. Somebody right. might just need a little teeny bit and they f- and it makes a big difference for them. Mm-hmm. And some might need a little bit more before they notice a difference. Right. So, But if let's say women who are going into menopause, because that hormonal shift can be really hard on people. Mm-hmm. A progesterone prescription could be really simple. Yes. Right. It could yes. really minimize side effects and just make that process Mm -hmm. so much more easy on the body. Let's talk about women who are hemorrhaging, for instance, Mm -hmm. women who have just had babies or women who are going into menopause and they just hemorrhage all the time. Mm -hmm. Something like progesterone can just like nip that in the bud, correct? It can help slow it down. It can improve it. Mm -hmm. It can improve that situation. But I would say you can't just look at that only. You would have to get an evaluation and find out there are other things going on as mm-hmm. well. So you want to look at the whole picture. Right. But progesterone can help if, if you've always had normal or light periods and then suddenly you're having heavy periods. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be a hormone imbalance that does that. And yeah. progesterone can help to slow that bleeding during your menstrual cycle. But always get your yearly exam mm-hmm. and with your GYN, get your pap test. Yes. All of those things are important. Quick question. How often are we supposed to get our pap tests? Every five years? Uh, It's every three to five years. It depends on whether you were screened for the HPV, Mm -hmm. the papillomavirus. I think with, if you get a screening and you're all normal, Mm -hmm. the HPV and your pap's normal, I think you can go up to five years. Okay. All right. Because HPV increases risk of cervical cancer, correct? Right. Isn't that wild that viruses in our bodies can increase risks for cancers? Yeah. Isn't that, it's just, it blows my mind. I was reading some research around Mm Epstein-Barr and it's potential for increasing certain cancers in the body and whatnot. And autoimmune. And autoimmune. I mean, I just went through that last year where I was so symptomatic of MS. Mm. I had all these neurological issues and Mm -hmm. it was because of Mm Epstein-Barr. And so, but anyways, back to progesterone. Mm That's Mm -hmm. just such a, such an easy, I don't want to say easy fix. I'm I'm definitely oversimplifying this, but when you look at people's labs and you're like, yeah, too little progesterone, let's just quickly tweak it. And you could feel like a different person. Right. Can we share the story with your sister? Oh, my sister. Yes. Yes, we can. But something else I wanted to say about progesterone before we go there is that according to the lab values, Mm -hmm. your progesterone may come back and it might say it's in the normal range, Mm -hmm. in which case... You can look at it and say you can still benefit from progesterone by coming to the mid-range mm-hmm. or towards the higher range of normal. That would be the goal, to be center mm-hmm. of the range or towards the high end. Interesting. And not hanging down at the low end, even if you're within normal limits or whatever. Right. And then some practitioners with the bioidentical hormones, they're recommending even higher levels of progesterone above the range that the labs are reporting. Right. Anyway, I wanted to say that. So, But it's it would all be based on your symptoms. If mm-hmm. you get improvement with a little bit, then sit there and be happy with that, right? Yeah. So no need to keep increasing is the thing. You won't get more benefit from it unless right, you're symptomatic.
So just real quick before we go into your sister's story. So if let's say you prescribe me progesterone, should I get tested every month to make sure my hormones are okay? Or once every three months, how often do people have to check their hormones? So I'm thinking as you initiate a hormone replacement, Mm -hmm. then check again in three months. Gotcha. And see where you're at. All right. And then you'll lower your dose or increase your dose. But in the meantime, in that three months, Mm -hmm. if you have symptoms, if you break out with acne, if you start having Mm. premenstrual syndromes or symptoms and you're not cycling anymore, Mm -hmm. then you're having symptoms, then, you know, you need to look at it again and adjust your dose. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Hey listeners, as you know, I am crazy about all things gut health, which means you have to know about Odyssey bars. So many snack bars out there are loaded with artificial sugars and ingredients that just really make me sad. But honestly, snack bars have chicory root, cassava root, and green banana powder in all their bars, meaning your gut biome is going to love these. They are gluten and soy free with some flavors being dairy free and they're sweetened with real foods like dates and honey. So your body recognizes these ingredients versus stuff like erythritol, which can really mess with your gut biome. Each bar is packed with protein, which means your blood sugar will be more stable as opposed to other bars that are just packed with junk and your blood sugar is all over the place. But not only are these bars delicious, but they're also Gutsy approved. And if you use the code Gutsy, you'll get 10% off every time you purchase your bars at odysseysnacks.com. Give them a try. You're going to love them just as much as I do. Now back to the show. So tell us the story about your sister because it's fascinating. It's amazing. One of my sisters was diagnosed with LCIS, which is lobulated carcinoma in situ. And there were two small areas of concern on one of her breasts. They recommended, because the treatment plan for that particular diagnosis is anywhere from watch and wait mm-hmm. to mastectomy. And she was really in a turmoil. You know, what should I do? I don't know. Well, they said every three months we'll come back and for another MRI. So she was doing every three months. I think she had two or three MRIs. It was still there. And then on the last MRI, she, they had some enhancements near the chest wall as well yeah. that they were concerned about. So I kept telling her, you need to start taking progesterone. Well, she had her labs and I looked at them. She, her estrogen was sky high. Her progesterone was super low. And so I said, so what we suggested was DIM to bring her estrogen down mm-hmm. and supplement some progesterone to bring her progesterone up. Mm-hmm. And Anyway, I don't think she was a believer. (laughs) She was like, I don't know what to do. She was so anxious. And so finally she got on board. So a month after she started progesterone, she also was uh, drinking a tea that was recommended to a naturopath as well. Mm -hmm. And there was a mushroom tea that she was drinking as well. So throw that in there to be full disclosure. Mm -hmm. But after a month of taking the progesterone, she went back in for her MRI and it was undetectable. Amazing. The LCIS was undetectable, but we brought her estrogen down, which was is inflammatory, can be inflammatory depending mm-hmm. on which estrogen is predominant. Right. And then because her progesterone was practically non-existent. But Amazing. Again, we already know that progesterone is breast protective. Yes. And, and like you had mentioned, there are three types of estrogen. There's E1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. And estradiol is good. It's a stronger estrogen and it works well in your body. Estriol is the next one, which is a very light estrogen. And there's estrone, which is inflammatory. Mm-hmm. And so the benefit of the Dutch test and why I think it's beneficial is to tell us how a person is metabolizing their estrogen. Mm-hmm. And it goes 
to methylation and all of that. Let, this is a great segue for talking about the different types of tests, right? Because we have blood serum. So you go to a lab, they draw your blood and they check your hormones, right? Then there's also saliva test. Mm -hmm. And then there is the Dutch test. Mm -hmm. Can you educate listeners on the pros and cons to each one of those? Okay. So the most accurate hormone assessment test would be the saliva test. Mm -hmm. And then next, which a lot of practitioners use, is the serum mm -hmm. test, which is your, from your blood. And then the Dutch test is a separate kind of thing. The saliva and the serum hormone tests are actual measurements of the hormone in your body. The Dutch test is the byproducts after you have already used your hormones, after they've been metabolized and they're used, they're the, the byproducts mm -hmm. and it's in your urine. It's a dried urine test. Yes. And it can tell which pathway you're metabolizing your estrogen through mm -hmm. and why that's important is because of the three types of estrogen, right? Mm -hmm. And how they're excreted from your body. Three different pathways. One is the best pathway. One is a good pathway. And one is definitely a pathway towards inflammation and Eventual. a pathway to cancer. Cancer. So, and then, so why it's beneficial to know this? Because then you know, what can we do, mm -hmm. right? Or you yeah. can say, oh, she's, this person is a great methylator. She's got the best pathway of metabolizing mm -hmm. her estrogen and you're good to go. So yeah. then you just do your healthy lifestyles, exercise, eat well. Stress less. And stress less, mm -hmm. yes. And sleep well. Right. I'm just going to add those All in those too. Things. Those are important. <laughs> yeah. But then for someone who's not methylating or not metabolizing their estrogen well, and it's going through the, the undesired pathway, then you can be more aggressive about helping with food choices, herbal supplements, and, and movement. Yeah. Moving the big muscles. I don't want to say the exercise word. Mm -hmm. I say movement. Movement. I like that. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I love that you say that because I'm definitely in a phase of my life where I don't want to hit the gym and lift weights. I just want to walk. Yes. I just want to get my 10,000 steps in. You know, so yeah. much research shows that if you just walk mm -hmm. 10,000 steps, mm -hmm. it decreases your risk for so many different like cardiovascular yes. disease and cancers. And that's literally just walking. And I'm in this yes. time and season of my life where I'm, I don't yeah. want hard. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to walk. And I think and that's a, movement. a lot of people mm -hmm. are there, you know, they don't want to pay to join a gym and then beat themselves up for an hour. Exactly. You know, and pretty soon they're like, ugh, I don't want to go there because it becomes unpleasant. Or maybe their nervous system can't handle that right now. And right. all you need is just a nice, slow, gentle walk. Right. right. And so. And you want the level that gets you a little winded and your heart rate up a little mm -hmm. bit. Right. So it would be brisk to each person. Brisk like to that. you, not to brisk, brisk to anyone else. Yep. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So I, I kind of want to come back to Dutch in a little bit because mm -hmm. it's really, really important that we talk about that. Okay. But there's pros and cons to blood serum testing, right? Most people get this done, but the pros of it is that it's very inexpensive. Mm -hmm. It's about if you want to have a consult with Sharon at Prova Health mm -hmm. and you're like, I want her to review my labs, mm -hmm. my blood work, a blood panel will cost about $70. Mm -hmm. If you already have labs, then you just bring them and she'll review them with you. Right. So blood is the least expensive, but the downside to it, it's literally just a snapshot in time, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. your hormones are going to fluctuate throughout the day yeah. and throughout the month. Yes. That's the downside to it, right? Is that it's not the most accurate, but it's still usable, yes. correct? Yeah. And it's most commonly used. Mm -hmm. the saliva test isn't as commonly used. Right. Result-wise, it's mm -hmm. been shown to be the most accurate. Right. 
And you can... You mean saliva is the most accurate? Saliva. We were talking about blood, but it sounded like you're saying blood is the most accurate. No. I could have... Blood, the most commonly used, mm-hmm. I think. And the saliva test is the most, is accurate. most accurate, but not as commonly used. Right. Now, so let's say someone is like, I want to do this. I want to pay less money for my labs to be drawn. What are the days they should be getting their blood drawn? If you're a cycling woman mm-hmm. still menstruating, mm-hmm. then you should have your labs drawn on days 19 to 21 of your cycle. Okay. And day one would be the first day that you're bleeding. Okay. Okay. So yep. then you count 19 to 21 days after that and have your labs drawn then. And have them drawn in that window yes. right there. That would give us a more clear picture on what's happening and yes. fluctuating where. Because yes. isn't that it, the moment in the cycle where progesterone starts, estrogen has just climbed and progesterone is starting to drop, right? It should be. <laughs> now you're going to make me think hard. <laughs> so estrogen rises and if pregnancy doesn't occur, estrogen mm-hmm. starts to drop and progesterone will start rising as the estrogen starts dropping. Drop, yep. Right. And so it, then if pregnancy doesn't occur, then the progesterone also drops. So you're trying to get in that window of where estrogen is dropping and progesterone is rising, right? Where, that activity. Yeah. Well, or, or no, it's kind of in the middle where the middle. nothing's been happening yet. Okay. Estrogen has leveled off and progesterone is falling. Oh, okay. Right? And so before you start your next cycle where estrogen will get to rise again mm-hmm. and then progesterone will rise again. Okay. So anyway. I was just asking that, that out of 19, my pure curiosity. Right. And I think 19 through 21 is a window when both of the, neither one of them are going to be at their peak, but mm-hmm. should be at a... In, like in, a happy medium. As I understand it before okay. they... I was just morbidly curious about yeah. isn't so... Okay. So that's the thing with blood serum. Now, saliva is just a little bit more expensive. It's about 150 Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. it's a little more inconvenient because they have to spit into something well, the, a few times a day. Well, it just depends if you do cortisol with the hormone testing. Which you recommend, correct? If I'm just focusing on hormones, mm-hmm. I would just do the hormones. Okay. When you add the cortisol, it adds expense to the test. Yeah, that's true. And that's when you have to spit in the little containers mm-hmm. several times a day because they're going to do your peaks and your troughs mm-hmm. for the cortisol and find out what your pattern is. But for the hormones, it's just a swab. Oh, it is? Yeah. Do you just go in and they swab you? What is that process? I haven't done that one. Or do you go home and swab yourself and then mail it in? You know what? It's been a long time since I did it. Now I'm doubting my myself. <laughs> but I know for the hormone one, you don't have to do spit in a tube several times mm, a day. Okay. Only if you add the cortisol. The cortisol. Yeah. Okay. So I think the cortisol test is 250. I think that's yes. what they were telling me. The cor- Just cortisol by itself. By itself. Okay. So if you're doing the hormone swab, it's 150. Mm. Right. It's, if, if you're doing the hormone saliva test approximately 150. 150 and that mm-hmm. was back uh in march and april of this year that i got that number so okay hopefully it hasn't changed but if it does we'll put it in the show notes like oh, <laughs> just okay. because people will be like what's the number mm-hmm. or you can just call provo health and we'll tell you yeah so then that leads us to the dutch test mm-hmm. and the dutch test is significant because as you said it's measuring the metabolites and the metabolic pathways of what hormone is going down. Mm-hmm. And we can see, depending on what pathway they're being broken into, mm-hmm. we can see, is your body in an inflammatory state mm-hmm. or a non-inflammatory state, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Who would be a good candidate for the Dutch test? I would say people who maybe have a history of inflammation. Mm-hmm. What I would recommend, like need the Dutch test, let's say they've 
gone to our coaches. We've recommended foods. They're doing lifestyle changes, but they're still dealing with PCOS or they're still dealing and they're doing all the things right. Mm -hmm. And they're still having either PMS or they're having, you know, PCOS Mm -hmm. and nothing seems to be moving the needle. You've consulted with her, but I have this friend that I've been working with and she's doing everything like a straight arrow and nothing, no changes, nada. Right. And she doesn't even know when she menstruates. It just randomly shows up on her. Right. Right. And so that's a good candidate for me where I'm, yeah, maybe we should do it. Here's the thing. Anyone can do the Dutch test. I'm that person that I'm like, oh, we're doing Dutch tests in our office. I want to be the first guinea pig. Right. Right. And I see a slight shift in my hormones and I'm like Dutch test. I want to see what's going on in my body. Right. Right. But so anyone can do it. The only thing is that it's a little costly. It's yeah. four to five hundred dollars, right. but it, like the four hundred just does the dried urine, the five hundred does the urine and the cortisol too. Okay. So I actually had to spit in throughout the day into little test tubes and then freeze right. it and whatnot. Right. But that gives you such a big picture on yeah. everything. Yes. And so if people are interested in doing the Dutch test, like we can see how much inflammation, where's the inflammation, and give specific recommendation mm-hmm. to those pathways. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have these pathways that it's going down. Mm-hmm here are the supplements and here are the herbs and here are the things and the foods you need to eat. Mm -hmm. Correct. Right. But I would also say that people could do the Dutch test who just have a curiosity. How am I metabolizing my hormones? Yeah. Because you don't necessarily have to be symptomatic. That's such a good point to be metabolizing things, especially if you're young, after you're old and you've been methylating or Mm -hmm. metabolizing your hormones wrongly for many years, you probably have some disease process or a reason to to know you're out of balance. That's such a good point. But there's so many years between, you can be young and healthy still Mm -hmm. metabolizing down an inflammatory pathway. Right. And not know it until, because, because it doesn't happen in a month. You know, it happens over years. It does. So... So it may be just to find out, am I at risk right. of inflama- inflammatory diseases or whatever? Or am I at a higher risk for getting cancer? Yes. Right? Am I on that pathway? Mm-hmm. What pathway am I on? So. so to just share a little bit about Dutch, it was so amazing when Sharon came on board because you came on October, correct? Yes. Mid-October. Yeah. yeah. Starting in, I think it was August, my hormones shifted. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because they changed fast and furiously mm-hmm. where I started getting extreme breast tenderness and mm-hmm. burning mm-hmm. right before my period. Mm-hmm. That has never happened to me. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't suffered with PMS symptoms for almost 10 years now. Right. And wow. so to have something shift so drastically, another yeah. thing, and, and I think this was all from Epstein-Barr, to be honest, okay. I think Epstein-Barr shifted this for me, mm-hmm. but again, I'm just like, something's different. And I want to know why my inflammation is up. My hormones are changed. My hair started changing. My hair started becoming curly, Ooh. like half, wow. like halfway. Can you see my curls over wow. here? Yeah. yeah. Uh, like my hair started curling. That's weird. Wow. I want to see what's happening inside my body. Yeah. I want to be proactive because if mm-hmm. this is a very big inflammatory shift in my body, I want to jump on it now mm-hmm. and not regret not jumping on it five years later where right. I'm at like potentially stage one breast cancer. Right. You know what I mean? Because that mm-hmm. big shift in a person's body mm-hmm. could cause serious disease down the line, right? Our right. job at Prova Health is to help be as preventative as early as possible. And we're trained, myself and the coaches, we're all trained to see things fairly early, right? To help people be extremely proactive. So anyone that has had a shift in hormone changes or, you know, and you want to get a deeper look that the Dutch test might be a really, really good test for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. The only downside is one, it's a little tedious. You have to pee on these pee strips every day for weeks, yeah. you know, and store it somewhere. And then 
it's about four to five hundred dollars depending on which one you're doing right so as i understand i think the one you do for for a month is to test for your cycle what is your cycle but right. i think there's another test that you don't have to do it for that many days oh really yeah. i did the big one i did the yeah. dutch test complete yeah because i think you were also interested in all seeing what your cycle is over the month. Right. Yeah. So, but I think there's another one that's not as extensive as that. that is it a two-week one? Yeah, I think. Okay. So there's one that's probably less expensive, not quite as in-depth. Which isn't going to tell you what your monthly cycle is, mm -hmm. what your hormones are doing over a whole month. Right. It's just going to give you a picture of a shorter period of time. Mm -hmm. And still give you the metabolites and exactly. the inflammatory things. So right. you could do the basic Dutch test. You absolutely could. Yeah. I'm just one of those, let's go all in people, right? Yeah. I'm like, let me see well, the whole thing. It also has to do with your age group because mm -hmm. you know, some women aren't cycling mm -hmm. or people who've had a hysterectomy. Yeah. You know, they won't necessarily have to do that. Right. Extensive test. Right. right? So, so that comes, that's a really great question to bring up. Let's say you've had like hysterectomy. Would someone benefit from progesterone then? Yes. Really? Absolutely. Why is that? Yeah. Because your body is not just about your uterus and your ovaries, mm -hmm. the hormones, right? It affects everything, mm -hmm. your, your mental function, yeah. memory, bones, mm -hmm. heart, all of those things that we discussed. Yeah. So when you have your uterus or your, and your ovaries especially removed, then you are a huge candidate for bioidentical hormone. And people will feel really good with that. Yes. Because I mean, a lot of women, they have their ovaries removed or they have a hysterectomy and their thyroid is thrown off. Like mm -hmm. I've had people say, I feel like I was thrown into extreme menopause and my thyroid hormone is off and I yeah. don't feel the same. I have brain fog. Uh -huh. I'm tired. Like I'm not the same person. Yes. So progesterone would, would help be. people. Absolutely. The whole bioidentical hormone spectrum, do mm -hmm. estradiol. Oh, progesterone. Cool. Duh. Yeah. yeah, you have to do, do to do it all and, mm -hmm. and, and adjust it according to what your symptoms are. When you reach that sweet spot where you feel better, mm -hmm. then you, you can stay at that spot. But um, it's a process of finding what works for you. But I was going to say, yeah, especially women who have had hysterectomy with their ovaries removed. Mm -hmm. A lot of women were just left in the lurch without any yeah. hormone support. And it is significant, mm -hmm. the side effects of, of sudden menopause, Yeah, you know, and then over time develop all of those symptoms. The mm -hmm. brain fog is a problem, but mostly what is really important is protecting your bones mm -hmm. because as we all know, as we get older, osteopenia, osteoporosis are big, yeah. pretty common for a lot of women. And then there's some fortunate women who don't need any of it. So right. that's fine. That's mm -hmm. beautiful. But I just don't think people should be suffering, especially women which is what my focus is right now is women's hormone. You can tough it out, and push through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But that, I think a lot of women have been taught that's what, how women should be tough, <laughs> push through it, push through it. Like you do with labor when you have right. a baby, you know, you just, you have to be tough and push through it. Right. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you don't have to do that. We don't have to, know? we don't have to suffer. No. If I can supplement progesterone and it makes my cycle a lot better, decreases mm -hmm. my risk for breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And when I start to go into menopause, which isn't for another 15 years, I think, but if it makes that a lot easier, mm -hmm. why would I say no to that? Yeah. Do you know, this is again, why yeah. you've been educating me and this yeah. is why I follow you around the <laughs> clinic and I'm like, progesterone, yeah. please, please, progesterone, please Sharon. <laughs> and I give her like my little puppy eyes. I'm like, please may I have my progesterone now? <laughs> Can we talk a little 
little bit about estrogen. So when, because we've been talking a lot about progesterone and I, you've totally convinced me to believe that I think almost everyone under the sun who's female needs progesterone now, <laughs> but estrogen, when would someone need bioidentical hormone for estrogen? Whenever they're deficient, mm-hmm. you know, whenever. Is that rare though? No, that's not rare at all. It usually, it can go hand in hand. You mm-hmm. know, if your progesterone is low, your estrogen can be low too. But not as typically because, well, if you're overweight, mm-hmm. fat cells generate estrogen. Mm. And so you can have my sister. She's Estrogen not, dominance. She, yeah. But like my sister that I talked about, but she's not fat mm-hmm. at all. She's a very small person, but, yeah. but her estrogen was, she was a heavy exerciser. That's mm-hmm. another thing. Intense exercise can cause women to have more estrogen. Can you say that louder for the people yeah. in the back? Because <laughs> yeah. I want women all over the world to yeah. hear that you beating yourself up at the gym for the perfect bod is going to harm you. Yes. And I would use my sister as an example, but also lots of reading that I've done. Mm-hmm. They don't recommend intense exercise I c- regularly for females. I cannot tell you how many influencers and like hardcore worker outers have mm-hmm. actually been in this clinic. I can't say mm-hmm. names, mm-hmm. but you know, they look amazing online and mm-hmm. they look amazing. Like, mm-hmm. and they have so many health issues. Mm-hmm. I've probably worked with like eight people mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and it's just, they're like, I'm so tired. Yes. I can't get out. Like I force myself out of bed. Mm-hmm. I force myself through my workouts. Mm-hmm. I drink so much pre-workout. Yeah. And in my mind, you shouldn't depend on pre-workout to yeah. get through a workout. If your yeah. body is tired, you need to rest. Yes. You know? And so yeah. I just, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. So glad. They, I, I think that mentality is, well, exercise is important, but. It's so important. But I mean, some people that think one glass of wine is nice mm-hmm. but then a bottle is better you know, <laughs> you know and pretty soon they've had a bottle by 10 a.m and you know that's problematic that's so funny. I think that can happen with exercise too you know mm-hmm. they you know I've initially I think it feels good to exercise but yes. then you there's a tipping point mm-hmm. and uh, then you're exercising to feel better again and it's not working right exercise too hard but anyway so high intensity workouts regularly for women is not recommended mm-hmm. if you do once you know sometimes mm-hmm. I mean all of us are going to work hard sometimes right but if you do it consistently several days a week mm-hmm. you're not doing yourself any favors well and can we even talk about exercising for where you're at in your hormone cycle the first two weeks in your hormone cycle, your there's the luteal phase and the what's the other phase? Follicular phase. The follicular phase is first. So in your follicular mm-hmm. phase, where mm-hmm. your testosterone's higher, yes, weight training and hitting hard, mm-hmm. being inspired, starting projects like mm-hmm. that's a great time to do that. Mm-hmm. When you're in your luteal phase, mm-hmm. you need to go lighter mm-hmm. because your body is like being overutilized now. Yes. It's prepping to grow a baby, and mm-hmm. so it's putting all the resources in Mm -hmm. your sex organs, right? Right. Not in your muscles. So if you're trying to like rob your body of more energy to go Mm -hmm. to your muscles and your sex organs, Mm -hmm. you're going to run out of juice really soon. Mm -hmm. But what we do in our society, in our cultures, we have these exercise programs, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, I have to stick to the program. Right. What if we just listen to our bodies and we're, yeah, I can push harder these first two weeks. And then the next two weeks, I'm going to have to go a little softer. Right. Be kind to yourself. mm -hmm. And that's the other thing which I have a problem with too in medicine where they've, over many years ago, they started saying, you know, your body's like a machine. Mm. It's like a machine. And like a car has five quarts of oil and your body has so many units of blood. Mm -hmm. No, no. I think we need to shift from this idea altogether. 
doing something. Yes. You know, there's a certain amount of chaos that needs to, that is normal and healthy. And that means people say, I'm going to be an exercise program. I'm going to make an exercise program. I'm going to go five days a week. Mm -hmm. And then do that religiously and beat themselves up, you know, because they're a machine and they're going to make it happen. Right. But I think what your point is well taken to listen to your body, Mm -hmm. listen to your body, be kind to yourself and love yourself. That doesn't mean lay on the couch and be a couch potato. But right, totally. <laughs> yes. But, you know, there has to be reasonable activity mm-hmm. and it's specific to each person. Yes. And yes. so listening to yourself and being kind. Yes. And understanding not, your hormones because right. your hormones can tell a lot about your exactly. capabilities. Yes. A lot. Thank you yeah. for saying and that. I, I hadn't thought of it in the ways that you just explained it, but mm-hmm. that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So estrogen, estrogen dominance, you know, because estrogen dominance, we see quite a bit of because of all the xenoestrogens, like from plastics and Mm -hmm. chemicals and whatnot. And so Mm -hmm. we, a lot of women have that estrogen dominance. If you have, if you're holding on a lot of weight, Mm -hmm. you have estrogen dominance. So women wouldn't necessarily need to use a bioidentical estrogen for that. They would probably need progesterone to counter that. Am I saying that? Am I understanding that correctly or no? I think the estrogen dominance is really a relationship between what is your estrogen compared to your progesterone? Mm -hmm. What is your ratio? Mm -hmm. So there's a certain Mm -hmm. acceptable ratio. Gotcha. And then if you stray out of that ratio, your estrogen is higher than that Mm -hmm. expected ratio between compared to your progesterone, then you're considered estrogen dominant. You know, there can be people who are overweight who are normal estrogen, Mm -hmm. but it it really is the type of estrogen that Mm. is problematic. And when you have a lot of adipose tissue, you can generate the estrone, which is not the desirable estrogen. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much the estrogen dominant thing. And the environmental stuff has played a big role. Right. And the sedentary life that we live, we're not pioneers anymore. No, yeah. no. We don't, we don't ride our horse to work every day. We don't walk to the market to yeah. pick up eggs or, you know, we don't, no. fa- we're, yeah. Of necessity, we sit a lot. A in lot. The car, at our job, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So very purposeful about getting and moving your big muscles. Yes, yes. Yeah. I love that. Again, all the, I'm just going to put it from a holistic perspective. If there is estrogen dominance, maybe there's like a detox that needs to happen, right? There's liver, yes. like we need to support the liver because yes. your liver isn't biosynthesizing and breaking down estrogen properly. Yeah. It's probably overburdened. I love, I love to hate that a lot of medical professionals are like, yeah, your liver doesn't need a detox, right? It's like, yeah. no, the liver's overburdened, yeah. anything. Just like you can overburden your muscles when you're running. Mm-hmm. The liver needs mm-hmm. support. And so supporting the liver to help your body detox and break down estrogen yeah. could be really important. So let's move on to testosterone. When would women, what are the symptoms of low testosterone and high testosterone in women? And mm-hmm. when would we need a bioidentical hormone for testosterone? Mm-hmm. Right. So low energy, mm-hmm. low libido. Mm-hmm. Those are two big indicators of low testosterone. Having a hard time putting on muscle, would that be a low uh, an indicator of low maybe, testosterone? Maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. could be. Mm-hmm. It does help build muscle. Uh, but mostly it's people that come to seeking hormone replacement because of fatigue, low energy. And a big one is low libido. Mm-hmm. You know? Why would women stop producing testosterone? What's happening? Is it because of stress? Menopause, childbirth, chemotherapy, adrenal stress and burnout. Mm. Endometriosis. There we go. Depression, psychological trauma, birth control pills. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like the cause of low testosterone is just a lot of 
one menopause, but stress in general, stress on the body over. And I talk about adrenal stress all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, depression. That's an interesting one. I'm just like, she's showing me the list of everything. Childbirth. That's interesting. Could you give birth to a child and then go on bioidentical? Like, let's say someone's really struggling with postpartum depression and energy. The question I would have to look into is, are they nursing still? Mm, If If you are, you can't. If you're not nursing, I'm definitely sure you can get your, get a topical Mm -hmm. hormone. Mm -hmm. But some, if you were asking about symptoms of testosterone loss, would be muscle wasting, Mm. weight gain, fatigue, emotional, low Mm self-esteem, not feeling good, dry, thin skin with poor elasticity, thinning and dry hair, a lot of things, anxiety, your memory is not as sharp. That elasticity issue, like the the saggy eyelids, saggy cheeks, Mm -hmm. you know, that's so interesting. Dry Mm -hmm. skin, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, We're just looking at the list right now. This is fascinating. Memory's not sharp. Man, anxiety. There's a lot of people could be suffering with low testosterone. Absolutely. A lot. Oh, yes. And and probably just because we're all so stressed out to the max. Yes. So that really just depletes. This is a good segue into, oh, man, I want to talk about DHEA. I want to talk about pregnenolone. Can we do a part two? Yes. This is so complex. It's, I mean, cortisol plays into this. Your thyroid function plays into I this. Know. It's very complicated and it's all interrelated. Yeah. So Let's do, let's do a part two of... DHEA, thyroid, cortisol, because this has been so fun to talk about with you because this feels like hormones 101. A lot of people are going to put on this episode and their minds are going to be blown and they're going to feel like hormone experts after this. Like (laughs) I'm sure of it because I feel like I'm a hormone expert now because of what you've taught me. So thank you. Well, I don't feel like an expert yet. I'm still, I'm still learning. You're, you're crushing. You are an expert. You're, you should own that because I think I've come to believe that everyone should at least check it out. If you're struggling with any of these symptoms that we've talked about, it's worth checking it out. It's a simple check Mm -hmm. and it's simple to correct. Right. It really is. And it is bioidentical. I I wanted to reaffirm this. Yes, It is derived from yams, Mm -hmm. soy, and peanuts. Yeah. If you have a peanut allergy, then you you can have it from a compounding pharmacy. They can Mm -hmm. compound it from yams and soy. Yeah, but that's for progesterone and they take it to a lab. They tweak it so that it's exactly identical to human Mm -hmm. uh, hormones. So, yeah, so it's safe. And I think there's a lot of people and I kind of touched on this earlier in the health, the natural health world that no, we shouldn't do bioidentical because our bodies should be able to do this. Right. Yes. And it just comes down to one. What are your health goals? I would much rather do bioidentical hormone Mm -hmm. than Botox. Do you know what I mean? I would much rather have hormones keep my body young than a neurotoxin make me look young. That's curbside appeal. It looks good on the outside, but on the inside you're falling apart. Right. Right. Yeah. And so it's interesting because that book that I told you that I read back in 2010, the author posted a picture of his wife who had done bioidentical hormone replacement. And she looked like she was in her thirties. And I think she was like 60 or 70, Mm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's because they were able to balance her hormones so well Mm -hmm. that it was very anti-aging. Right. You know, so am I saying there is a vanity aspect potentially, but it's to feel good in your body so Mm -hmm. that you don't have to suffer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 
if you want to be in the the realm of like, well, aging is natural. Absolutely. But you don't have to suffer while you age. Right. And I think that hits home for me because I watched someone suffer for so long. And I talk to people that are suffering in their bodies. They don't feel good. They have aches. They have pains. They're tired. They aren't satisfied in life or Mm -hmm. in their marriages. And it's just you can potentially help that with very low risk. Can I say that with very low risk? Yes. So as long as you're managing it and you're not taking too much, I mean, like exactly. I said, there's a tipping point. You're not trying to reestablish your hormones when you were 20. Right. You want it to be appropriate to your age group. You know, the range is recommended. So you yep. want, but anyway, so it's just supporting yourself. Yeah. And also that frustrating brain fog. This can yes. help that a lot. Trouble yes. sleeping. There's just so many things that can be helped. Right. Just with this basic, simple yeah. Thing. Why, so, why would oh, I was going to say mm-hmm. some people, they may have the symptoms, but they're not significantly deficient in their hormones. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, then we'll talk about herbal assistance, you yes. know, supplemental assistance, food assistance, food, food is medicine. Mm-hmm. So yes. you talk about certain foods that will support your hormones and your right. thyroid function, like selenium right. is huge for your thyroid function. Right. Mm-hmm. So just little things like that you can tweak. So you may not reach the level of your hormones are so out of whack, we're going to replace them. You know, right. we need to support it. There's a whole process before that point if you're having mild symptoms. Right, yeah. right. So listeners, if you are interested in getting your hormones checked to fine tune, to tweak, call Prova Health. Sharon is taking on clients. And what we're going to do is if you call, you'll have to come in with some work. If you've had previous labs done, we can just use that. If they've been pulled in the last three months, we can utilize that information for Sharon to do a consult with you. If you don't have any, let's say you don't have anything, uh, call the office and they will give you instructions. They'll ask you first, do you want to do blood serum or do you want to do a saliva test? And depending on what you do, you want more accurate or do you want to save more money is the route that you will go. And so you'll do that test and then you can have your consult with Sharon. Rarely will initial consults be done with the Dutch test. You'll probably come in and do a consult with Sharon, either with saliva or serum. And then she will consult with you to do a Dutch test just because it's a little bit more in depth and it's a little bit more expensive. And there, for the majority of people, there is something that you could probably do right off the bat, right? Either it's herbal or supplemental or it's a prescription, mm-hmm. right? But, but if you are interested in getting a consult with Sharon and talking about your hormones and fine tuning your body's health, really your, the chemical cocktail of your body, come talk to her. She's, as you can tell, she's wonderful to work with. I adore her. You have such a lovely bedside manner. I, <laughs> you're so great. And like I said, I'm just so happy to have you and <laughs> have you on our team. Hormones was the one thing that we were missing. I've had so many people are like, who does bioidentical? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know who does bioidentical in this valley. We do now. Mm. So come and talk with Sharon and let her help you feel better in your body. It could be a really easy tweak. It could yes. be a tweak with some nutritional advice. Mm-hmm. We don't know until we see you. So yes. call the front office at 801-691-1765. Schedule with her and, and we can't wait to see you, even if we can work with you remotely. So, um, and working with you remotely might require just doing blood serum. We don't know yet, but call the office anyways and they will have answers for you. Sharon, is there anything you want to say before we close out this episode? No, I'm excited going forward. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Thank you for this opportunity. Any words of advice to listeners that are having hormonal imbalances and are just feeling defeated? Start with movement. Mm-hmm. And then 
have your see where you're at with your hormones and move forward from there movement movement and eating healthy those two things that's the foundation of everything everything and And sleeping I'll throw that one. Okay, in. and sleeping. <laughs> All right, <laughs> you have to. <laughs> but, but anyway, I love how I'm like tell, give people the last words of advice, and then I'm like telling you to say something <laughs> else. I'm okay. just gonna shut up now. <laughs> uh, okay. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did because I feel like I learned. So so much today. And we'll do a part two where we talk about weight loss because there are, there's stuff that you can do for weight loss, peptides for weight loss. There's hormones that you can do for weight loss. We want to talk about DHEA. We want to talk about cortisol. We want to talk about the thyroid, right? So we're going to be doing a part two to this because this was really fun to, to record. So you guys, we'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to the Gutsy Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed and learned a lot from this episode. For more updates, follow us on Instagram at Gutsy Health Podcast. Yeah.